WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. We're going to take a trip right now. Like we always do about this time. This is a journey into sound. You're tuned in to 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. I'm Kyle Long from Nouveau News Weekly, and this is Cultural Manifesto. Up first on tonight's program, I'll be speaking with Felix Contreras, co-host of NPR's Alt Latino. Alt Latino is now airing every Friday at 10, right here on 90.1. And on the second half of tonight's broadcast, Matt Davis will stop by for his monthly local motion segment. I'm Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto, made possible in part by the Indianapolis Foundation, celebrating 100 years of service. And I want to remind you that WFYI is proud to be supporting the Fountain Square Music Fest, taking place March 25th and 26th at multiple venues in the Fountain Square neighborhood. This year's festival lineup includes rock, hip-hop, and international music. You'll hear the Thurston Moore Group, Andrew W.K., Kimya Dawson, Kishibashi, Alado Negro, Mexican Institute of Sound, Sweet Poison Victim, and many more. Even Little Bub will be there. You can find tickets and more information at wfyi.org slash events. I'm Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. My guest is Felix Contreras, co-host of NPR's Alt Latino, now airing every Friday evening at 10 on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. Felix, welcome to the airwaves of Indianapolis. Hey, man. Thank you so much. We're really happy to be, be there. Yeah, and I'm thrilled to have Alt Latino joining our schedule here at WFYI. I, I believe Alt Latino has been broadcasting since 2010. Is that correct? Yeah, we're about. Uh, yeah, it was. It was our first show was going back to two uh, World Cup soccer okay. championships <laughs> ago. Because our first show ever was, I think, it was back in June of 2010. It was uh, soccer songs. Oh, great! And yeah, that was our first show. And can you give us a little idea of the genesis of how the show developed, the concept, and, and how you got it on air? The, very quickly, it's uh, the idea between uh, my co-host and I, Jasmine Garst. Uh, we, she was working in one department here at NPR, and I was working in another. And we, we sort of uh, found each other because I, my desk used to be uh, near a candy machine on the third floor <laughs> in the old building of NPR. So when she would come by for her afternoon fix of chocolate... Uh, we ended up just talking about music, and she's from Argentina, and we ended up talking about um, rock in Espanol, which is what the music was called initially uh, in the early 90s, this whole wave of just incredible music that was coming out of Argentina, out of Mexico, a lot of places like that, and so we bonded over our our mutual uh, love for this music, and then uh, to make it a very, very short story, we had an opportunity to uh, pitch a pilot for a, a podcast in about 2009, and we went through and we spent some time putting together the concept and all that, and then we went live with the podcast in uh, 2010, June of 2010. Great, and the show has been growing and growing and spreading across the country since then, I take it? 
We we like to say that we're uh, we're conquering the world one mobile device at a time. Okay, <laughs> and and you brought some songs along with you to share with our audience here in Indianapolis to give them a taste of, of what they're going to hear every Friday evening at 10 p.m. And but before we get into that, I did want to ask about your personal background. I know in addition to being a reporter, you're also a musician and you play, uh, from what I understand, uh, Afro-Cuban jazz. You play percussion in some Afro-Cuban jazz groups. Is that right? Yeah, I've been playing uh, Afro-Cuban jazz, congas and timbales and bongos and stuff like that since I was a kid. So, I, you know, it's something I do on the side and something I've always done on the side when we're here in, in the D.C. area and when I lived in California, where I'm from originally. So I do that, as, uh, as my father said, to help me keep sane in when I'm dealing with the rest of the world. Uh, so I play music on the side to, to do that. And, and in, in a way, it's really helped me um, in the show because it helps me understand what's going on with the music and how it's changing and how it's d expanding and developing. So the, having a musical background has ended up being a very, very big plus. Mm. And the element of Alt Latino that I love the most is the range of music you feature. The show jumps from covering artists like uh, the Dominican Dutch electronic music producer Monchi to uh, you just had the samba icon Cel George on your show. As you mentioned, you play rock in Espanol, but you also play rock in indigenous languages of, of Mexico and Central America. You cover so much music on Alt Latino. I'm curious if there's any guidelines or genre limits that shape the content that we hear each week. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like to say, okay, I'm, and I don't mind saying it, I'm, I'm 57 years old, and so I, I grew up, I came up age and listening to, I've been a music fan since I was a kid, and, you know, for me, that golden period of when I was coming up, I was like 14, 15 years old, 1972, there were so many great, you know, like the Almond Brothers, the Exile on Main Street, the Return to Forever, I mean, it was such a golden age of just boundary ignoring right they just mm -hmm. expanded these ideas of what is jazz what is rock what is latin music santana was happening it was their third album so there was a really fertile period of time and just a great time to be a young kid soaking all this in because that was my bar my bar was you know jeff beck and santana and you know chick korea and all that stuff john mclaughlin that was my bar so then as i get older and go along you know i'm always that's that's where that's what's going to make an impression on me is whether or not I hear some music where they're pushing it, you know, trying something different, some, trying something new. Um, so fast forward to what we're doing now. I tell anyone who will listen that I am having as much fun now as I did when I was 14 because the musicians in what's now called Latin Alternative, which includes rock and espanol and hip-hop and electronic and all that, they just don't care about genres and boundaries. They're just going mixing their own influences and anything that, that comes across the internet that they feel like will work with their music. And it's it's so much fascinating, incredibly just deep diving type of music. And it reflects and musically it's a lot of fun. You know, you're dancing to it, you're you're listening to it, but it also reflects what's going on in the world. I I'm very convinced that the way these folks are, are, are ignoring boundaries and genres is a reflection of the Latino experience, you know, here in the United States, but also all across Latin America, because that idea of identity is shifting completely from when I was growing up, and it's changing and it's morphing, and that's what this music reflects. Mm. Do you want to introduce uh, the first song you selected for us? 
Sure, I brought in some stuff, uh, some favorites, and just to kind of give you an idea of the of the range of, of music that we play. I want to play first Bomba Estéreo mm. uh, from their uh, 2012 album Elegancia Tropical. And these guys are a band that we've been following from their first album. I saw them perform at South by Southwest, God, before we even started the show. And they just, they just take the, what they did was they take, they took um, Colombian cumbia and just kind of made it electronic, made it rock, and just sort of blew it up into another level. And each successive album has been getting better and better. And this core group of people, they're they're refining that idea, refining the concept. And this album, Elegancia Tropical, is, again, I'll tell anyone who listens, this is on my list of favorites, along with Miles Davis, along with Grateful Dead, along with Santana. It is a spectacular album. And this song that we're going to play is called Pa Respirar.
listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. We just heard one of my favorite bands, Bomba Estereo, as selected by our guest this evening, Felix Contreras, co-host of NPR's Alt Latino, which is now airing every Friday evening at 10 here on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. And Felix, over the years on Alt Latino, you've had extraordinary guests, everyone from Carlos Santana to uh, Rita Moreno. Can you talk a little bit about some particularly great memories you have of some of the guests you featured on the program? Sure. We, we, we're unabashedly not embarrassed to say that we stole the idea from uh, Bob Boylan and Robin Hilton from All Songs mm. Considered, the whole idea of a guest DJ. Um, and what we do is we invite people to come in and bring in five or six songs that have either influenced them or that they're listening to right now or things that they wish they had done, you know, just whatever. Five or six songs, whatever theme they want to talk about. And what we try to do is relate those songs to, you know, tell their life story, to tell a story about some aspect of them. And like you said, Rita Moreno was was an incredible honor to interview her. Carlos Santana is one of my you know, childhood favorites, and I've been listening to forever. It was a fascinating interview, and to listen to him and to watch him react to the music in the studio, because he was in the studio with me. When he plays back his songs, he just closed his eyes, and he just went there. We've done Pedro Moldovar, the uh, Spanish director. Um, we were doing an interview with him, and we only had like 20 minutes, and at the 22, 23-minute mark, uh, someone tried to stop him, and he's like, no, no, I'm not done yet. He was having so much fun with us. You know, he just ignored his publicist. So that we cut that part out, of course. But uh, that was fun. John Leguizamo. We look for people who we think reflect some aspect of what's going on in Latino arts and culture, and in here in the United States or anywhere. But just arts and culture is doing something spectacular and interesting that we think people should know about. Great. Let's cue up another song, Felix. Do you have another selection for us? One of the things we're looking at heavily this year is Cuba, just mm-hmm. like the rest of the world. You know, I've been a Cuban music fan. As we mentioned earlier, I've been, a Cusic, I've been a Cuban music fan since I was a kid, listening to early, early, you know, like some rumba, the Afro-Cuban rumba, and then Latin jazz from like the 40, late 40s, early 50s here in the United States, Machito and Charlie Parker and... Dizzy Gillespie and all that. So I've been a really big fan of Cuban music and always keeping track of what's going on because despite what you read in other media accounts, you know, musicians have always been able to find out what's going on in Cuba. So this year, uh, on the eve of when even the president is going over there and things are going to open up, we're really looking forward to being able to explore how Cuban music has just absorbed all these influences and has created a whole like new genre, a whole new style. There's a really big a Cuban hip hop scene, but a Cuban hip hop scene mixed in with like mellow jazz, kind of like Flying Lotus is doing now here in the United States. Like all these different influences. I'm gonna play a track from a singer named Daime Arosena, mm. and she has an album out. I think it was called Madres, and it was from last year, 2015. And to my ears, she is the perfect combination of Celia Cruz and Aretha Franklin because it reflects, to me, she reflects how much soul music got into Cuba and how people just absorbed it into their being. This is uh, Daime Arosena and her track, Madres. Yeah, my 
You're tuned in to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI. My guest is Felix Contreras. We just heard a selection from Daime Erosena, a Cuban singer, and that track was selected by Felix. Felix is the co-host of NPR's Alt Latino, which is now airing every Friday at 10 here on 90.1. And Felix, you mentioned uh, the show's theme kind of focusing on Cuba this year with the opening of relationships. I'm curious how politics shapes the topics you address on the show, and in particular, how you've responded to the current political climate here in the U.S. with, you know, the demonizing of immigrants that's going on right now. Has that been something you've addressed at all on your program? We've always addressed the whole issue of immigration Mm -hmm. uh, from the beginning, um, because initially, and probably right now, it's, it's, you know, a lot of our audience... Uh, made up of immigrants and the music, a lot of the music made here in the United States are made up of people from Latin America. So the issue of immigration has always been something um, imp- something important to us but we don't cover it in a traditional news sense Okay, because we are part of NPR Music. Uh, we do operate within the guidelines, the editorial and journalistic and ethical guidelines of NPR News, but we are NPR Music. So what we've done is we've done things like We've had uh, authors come in who have written about the immigrant experience, okay? Uh, We had an author come in and talk about a book he wrote about the immigrants who traveled up from Central America on top of a train called La Vestia. So we had him in to talk about his experiences riding on that train and writing the book. Uh, Sometimes there is a musical connection and sometimes there isn't. We'll let other people discuss the pros and cons and and the political ramifications. But what we want to do is reflect the immigrant experience of, from everywhere. And that's, it's a continuing series. We'll do more as, as time goes along. Fantastic. And, and Felix, let's cue up another song right now. Okay, this is um, one of the things that I learned doing this show is how to appreciate hip-hop. Mm. And hip-hop, uh, I know, will, has turned a lot of people off, especially people my generation. Again, I'm in my 50s, late 50s, and it's not something I grew up with. It's something that I experienced as somebody doing, as a group of other people, you know, young people doing this stuff. What I've learned through the show, mostly through uh, our co-host, Jasmine, who came up of the, of the hip-hop generation, is how to appreciate it in terms of the music, the fundamentals, the musicability of it, okay? The musicianship involved, and particularly the flow of people rapping and how it interested me as a drummer because it's all about rhythm and flow and and dynamics. And it, some of these guys are, are rapping like bebop drummers, you know. Mm-hmm. Having said all that, one of my favorite uh, rappers that uh, I've come to enjoy a lot is Ana Tiju. She's from Chile. She's uh, born, well, her family's from Chile. She was born in Paris. Um, her parents were exiled after the Chilean coup. So then when she went back to Chile, she started... Uh, a career doing hip-hop, and she's become really one of the most well-known um, Latin hip-hop artists 
anywhere in the world. And her 2014 album is called uh, Vengo, and this is the title track. de respuestas con el manojo lleno y las venas abiertas vengo como un libro abierto ansiosa de aprender la historia no contada de nuestros ancestros con el viento que dejaron los abuelos y que viven cada pensamiento de esta amada tierra tierra quien sabe cuidarlo es quien de verdad la quiera vengo para mirar de nuevo para ver los sitios y despertar el ojo ciego sin miedo tú y yo Descolonicemos lo que nos enseñaron Con nuestro pelo negro, con pómulos marcados Con el orgullo indio en el alma tatuado Vengo con la mirada, vengo con la palabra Esa palabra hablada, vengo sin temor a no perder nada Vengo como el niño que busca de su morada La entrada al origen, la vuelta de su cruzada Vengo a buscar la historia silenciada La historia de una tierra saqueada Vengo con el mundo y vengo con los pájaros Vengo con las flores y los árboles, sus cantos Vengo con el cielo y sus constelaciones vengo con el mundo y todas sus estaciones Vengo agradecida al punto de partida Vengo con la madera, la montaña y la vida Vengo con el aire, el agua, la tierra y el fuego Vengo a mirar el mundo de nuevo Vengo con mis ideas como escudo Con el sentir humano a vivir este mundo Donde el hombre nuevo busca el contrapunto Vengo humano Vengo como tú, en busca de la huella, de la pieza del árbol y de su corteza Que guarda en su memoria que el canto de victoria Cuando vimos de la tierra lloramos con tal euforia Y abrimos así nuestros brazos tan encadilados Y nos acurrucamos al origen de los tiempos, a la fuente del universo Donde ya es el sentimiento de vivir este comienzo Vengo con la sangre roja, con los pulmones llenos de rimas en mi boca Con los ojos rasgados, con la tierra en las manos Venimos con el mundo y venimos con su canto Vengo a construir un sueño, el brillo de la vida que habita en el hombre nuevo Vengo buscando un ideal de un mundo sin clase que se pueda levantar Vengo con el mundo y vengo con los pájaros Vengo con las flores y los árboles, sus cantos Vengo con el cielo y sus constelaciones Vengo con el mundo y todas sus estaciones Vengo agradecida al punto de partida Vengo con la madera, la montaña y la vida Vengo con el aire, el agua, la tierra y el fuego Vengo a mirar el mundo de nuevo Vengo a mirar el mundo de nuevo Vengo en busca de respuestas con el manojo lleno y las venas abiertas Vengo I'm Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI. We just heard the great Chilean MC, Ana Tijo, as selected by our guest this evening, Felix Contreras, co-host of NPR's Alt Latino, which is now airing every Friday at 10 p.m. here on 90.1. And Felix, you mentioned the show started about six or seven years ago, and it kind of grew out of this rock. The Latin alternative movement kind of grew out of this rock in Espanol scene. And I'm curious if, if through the years of doing this program, if you've seen the audience for Latin alternative music in the United States growing. It is absolutely growing. Um, in the early 90s, uh, in another lifetime, I was in California, which is where I'm from. I was in Fresno, California, and I had a, a business partner, and we were uh, importing CDs and cassettes of rock and espanol um, through and then uh, distributing them through a mail-order catalog. This is pre-internet, okay? Early, early days of the internet and email, uh, like 94, 93 around there. 
when we were distributing this stuff. So there was a really small audience, and we had pockets of people in the Midwest, in Chicago. We may have had people in Indianapolis, too, because I remember there was, like, it was really surprising. Of course, New York, L.A., San Francisco. There was a small audience, and when we would do shows around California, we would see the same people. That was the barometer to determine you know, what that market's like. And then it just grew and grew. You know, these um, a major record labels started getting a hold here in the United States and distributing bands like Café Tacuba, Caifanes, Maldita Vencindad, all of those Mexican bands in the early 90s. And then it just started to grow and to include hip-hop, Molotov from Mexico, from, uh, from uh, El Monterrey. They're at like an, like almost like Rage Against the Machine type of thing. It's so by now the audience has grown. Not only has it grown, but it's also cross cultural. There are a lot of people from a lot of ethnic backgrounds who really dig Anatiju, who really like what Bomba Stereo's doing. I mean I've seen shows here with Bomba Stereo in DC, crazy mix of crowds. There's a group called uh Ibeyi, these two twin sisters who were born in Cuba, live in Paris, they go back and forth, they do like a uh, electronic Santeria mashup. They sold out the 930 Club here in D.C., which is a major room of an incredibly ethnically mixed audience. At one point, they had the whole crowd singing this Santeria chant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was mind-blowing. Crowds, people are open to a lot of different things, and they want to hear different things, and a lot of these bands, they're putting it out there and mixing it up, and it just gets bigger and bigger. Great. And Felix, let's cue up the last song you have selected for us. There is a a great record label in Madrid. It's called Vampi Soul. Mm. And they are experts at crate diving, okay? Going to Peru, Colombia, Ecuador, all of these different countries and uh, finding thematic, uh, finding albums that fit a theme. And, and I'm, I brought one in. This is the album's called Cumbia Beat Volume 2, Tropical Sounds from Peru from 1966 to 1983. Psychedelic cumbia from the 1960s with these, you know, these musicians playing Farfisa organs and, and like these really kind of tinny guitar stuff that was happening like in San Francisco with the Quicksilver messenger service and all that, all mixed in with cumbia and just... You know, that's what they do. They find this stuff. So we're going to play a track from a band called... Oh, I didn't write it down. I can't remember the name of the band. Okay, but it's called Yanto en la Selva, and this is, again, from Cumbia Beat Volume 2. That was already a Volume 1, right? Tropical Sounds from Peru, 1966 to 1983. Is that a track by... uh Los Mirlos, do you yes, know? Yes, look okay. at you, man. I'm a yeah. huge teacher fan. <laughs> so, yeah. That's exactly it. Hey, hey, hey. 
You're tuned in to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. We just heard the great Chicha group Los Mirlos, as selected by our guest this evening. We've been joined by Felix Contreras, co-host of NPR's Alt Latino, which I'm very excited about this, Felix. We're now airing it every Friday evening at 10 here on 90.1. And I'm so uh, grateful to have you on the program today. I'm a huge fan of your, of your program um, and all the work you've done to promote this great music. <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, it, and a lot of it... We ride, uh, you know, the 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 coattails uh, of people like you who are in play, all over the country, already playing this music, doing stuff, following your passion, like you said for chicha. You know, we we ride your coattails, man. You guys are the pioneers. You're out there doing it for the local public radio stations, playing this music that nobody else will play. So, you know, my hats off to you and and everybody else in the country who does this, man. Thank you, man. And I want to give folks a final reminder. Alt Latino is now available here in Indianapolis every Friday evening at 10. Tell your friends to tune in, spread, help us spread the word about this amazing show. And Felix, I want to go out with one last song that I, I want to pick and get your thoughts on this. I've been wanting to plug this into my show for a while. There's a new project coming out of Mexico called Mexracy, which is oh a <laughs> Spanish <laughs> language it. interpretations of the Smiths and Morrissey. W- what do you make of this project? Are you a fan of Mexracy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, the the cool part about this this show has been I've been able to meet over the years people like Camilo Lara, mm. who is in charge, who's running Mexracy, uh, and and it's a, like almost like a collective of musicians from all over Mexico and in the United States. The Camilo, like he was uh, the Mexican Institute of Sound. That was his his band that he did before he did Mexracy. You know, Camilo Lara, the idea that you would do, you know, Latin versions of Smith songs is a mind blower. In fact, we did a whole show on that Chicano connection to the Smiths and to Morrissey. And and we played a track from this album before it was released. There's also uh, a, a mariachi in Southern California 
a mariachi Manchester. They're recording an album of Smith songs mm. coming out. There's a band from um, San Antonio called Girl in a Coma. It's a trio of these three young Chicanas who have a punk band, but they call it Girl in a Coma, and it's named after a Morrissey song. So the influence is there. This album is a great album. It makes perfect sense. I encourage everyone to check it out because it's like that. It is that sweet spot of cross-cultural pollinization, culturalization, everything you want to call it. It's it's exactly what's happening in the Latin world right now. Yeah, let's go out with Suede Head by Mextracy. Thank you so much, Felix. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, man. Thanks, Kyle, so much. listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. I'm joined in the studio by Matt Davis. It's time for our monthly local motion segment. Hey, Matt. Hey, what's going on, Kyle? How you doing? Good. Thank you for being here. I want to remind folks that local motion happens every second Saturday at Fletcher Place Arts and Books. That's located at 642 Virginia Avenue in the Fountain Square neighborhood. This month, local motion is happening on Saturday, March 12th. It's an all-ages event. Doors open at 7, and there's a $7 admission fee. And Matt, can you remind folks what the concept behind Local Motion is? Yeah, Local Motion is a performance art space in Fountain Square for local artists in the city to have a platform to hone their craft and help develop the idea of scene support so we can support each other um, beyond any one spot, but just to come together as a community so that artists don't feel like they have to leave to you know a bigger metropolitan city to further their career, but we can really come together as an art scene. Got it. And you have a guest with you tonight, L. Roberts, who was on the program last year. So thanks for coming back, L. And I'll, I'll let you get to it, Matt. Yeah, no, definitely. L. how you doing? I'm doing well. We're glad you could come by. For people who are not familiar with your work, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is L. Roberts. I've been living in Indianapolis for about two and a half years. I'm originally from uh, Maryville, Indiana, so the northwest region of the state. And I am a freelance writer, and I am also the founder of SheHive, a grassroots gender equity project, creating safe spaces to deconstruct gender inequity. So most people, and you're kind of a Jane of all trades in a way, but most people know you as a, as a singer, as a songwriter. So can you talk about your evolution as a vocalist? Yeah. Um, I was born and raised in the AME Church, African Methodist Episcopal, which has a deep history 
Um, in the black community, it was the first church to kind of branch off of the Protestant church. So it, it was the very, very first in which African American people, black people could worship freely. And so my parents met at Howard University. They were both members of the gospel choir there, a legendary group. And, um, and so I, I grew up playing the piano, singing all the time in church with my family. My mother's side is all preachers and singers or some combination of the two. And okay. so I, <laughs> I just have a lot of experience um, in music uh, just from growing up in my family. Once I kind of grew into adulthood, I went to uh, Purdue University and joined the Black Voices of Inspiration. And that's where I really kind of broke out of my shell. I finally got over my really intense uh, stage fright. And uh, my mentor, Dr. Tawana Harris, was the person who really helped me open up. Now I'm, I'm 27, about 10 years removed from all of that. And I'm just now really starting to find my voice and find who I am as a singer and a writer. Anyone who's heard your work can tell that you're definitely a gifted songwriter. And what have been some of the themes that you explore in your work? I write a lot about where I am at the time, uh, kind of uh, a self-evolution. And I think many musicians do the same. Uh, we're just kind of going through our growing pains and just doing it out loud. And expression through music is just one way to do that. And and so all of the songs that I've written have been about a really intense experience, whether it be love or heartbreak or uh, coming into womanhood and femininity in the only way that I know how uh, has been kind of at the core of the music that I've I've written as an artist. So every artist gets inspiration from somewhere. So who are some of your influences? Yeah, I took piano lessons for 12 years. I really, really wanted to quit, and my dad would not let me quit because he, he quit piano lessons when he was really, really young, and that's one of his biggest regrets, I think. And um, so my mother being able to play the piano very well, uh, he wanted me to have that too, and, and so I kept going. Um, it wasn't until I started doing my own thing on the piano that he finally let me stop taking kind of the structured piano lessons. So I was listening to the radio. I loved uh, Songs in A Minor by Alicia Keys, yeah. Miss Education, Lauren Hill. Those were, those, I played those out, like played them out. Now that I'm a little bit older, people like Janelle Monet have been really pivotal in my life and Emily King is my favorite artist. And kind of going a little bit backwards, uh, someone like Nina Simone really, mm. really mm -hmm. speaks to me. Just the way that she blended her work as an artist and an activist and really pushed a very particular political message is really inspirational for me. Speaking of Nina, in, sh in a short amount of time, you've become you know, one of the most prolific writers in town, uh, tackling issues ranging from police brutality, abortion, transgender issues, women issues and rights. And so how has your writing or analysis and role as an organizer of SheHive impacted your, your songwriting and performance? I see my growth as a freelance writer writing for the Nouveau, for the Recorder, and um, soon some, some national publications, which I'm really excited about. 
um, my growth as a writer, I, I went from like Facebook rants and like really terrible blogging <laughs> to like really, <laughs> really thinking about issues in a critical way and translating what I'm thinking about, what I feel about those issues into words that are coherent and concise and really convey a very particular message in a really short space, using fewer words to say something very powerful. And so I see the same thing happening as a songwriter. It, it wasn't until I started thinking about things very differently and where I fit in the world and who I want to be as a woman that I saw my songs kind of taking on a life of their own. So every artist that we bring on, on the segment, we have them share a story from the scene. It could be a story from the local scene, from you know any anywhere that your travels have taken you. And also because yesterday was International Women's Day, it'd be nice if you could maybe share a story in light of some of the work that you do with She Have or... Yeah. The last Women 317 show was actually this past Saturday, and it it was an incredible show, probably the most politically explicit we've ever done. And we partnered with Indy Parks, so uh, Garfield Park Arts Center hosted us and partnered with Indiana Undocumented Youth Alliance to raise money for Undocu Hoosier, which is a fund that provides scholarships for undocumented students who are forced to pay out-of-state tuition because they don't have proper paperwork. And so one of the performers who uh, was also a co-host of Women 317 of the show, her name is uh, Dara, Dara Marquez, and she's a poet, and she performed a piece that really spoke to her journey as an undocumented student. She closed out the show and just such a compelling story about coming from Mexico when she was very, very young and the treatment that she faced here in, in Indiana, you know, the, the state of Hoosier hospitality and, and growing here in, in Indiana, in Elkhart, Indiana, and finding her way through high school, through all the odds imaginable, and then finding out that the scholarship that that she had worked really, really hard for, she had to give it up because she's undocumented. Mm. It was the, the most moving piece of the night, I have to say, and it was the best way to end the show and the best way to compel people to think a little bit differently about how we treat immigrant and refugee communities here in town. This was a great way to bridge the gap between women who were born here and are finding their voices through the arts and women who aren't born here um, and are also finding their voices through the arts and how can we better advocate for one another. So you brought a piece with you to share. I did. Um, so what are, what are some of your motivations behind the, the song that you brought? I wrote this song a little more than a year ago and it it is primarily about a very dynamic change that happened in my life and wanting to capture my feelings around that and just feeling so isolated and alone. And, um, and through a support network of incredible women, incredible friends, uh, finding the inspiration to, to fly, literally, um, to be my own person, to be my own woman, to be the artist and the writer that I want to be. All right. This is L. Roberts with Home.
injured bird tethered to earth searching high and low for better feathers weathered words are half hung wings stitched together at faulty seams sweet chariot to carry these wretched bones severed these strings uncaged bird something like free wind returns releasing pressure finally flying to find to carry these wretched bones I'm Matt Davis. We just heard a special live in-studio performance with L. Roberts, a song called Home. You're listening to 90.1 WFYI. Is there any new projects that you have coming up or anything that you want to let people know about, where to find you, different things like that? Yeah, I've, I've been working on a solo project, my first one, Woo. and uh, I'm working with a producer known as Clint Breeze. Um, he's been on this show before, so I'm shouts sure. out to Clint Breeze, one of the best <laughs> producers in town. Right? He is one of the best, and so it's it's an honor to be uh, a friend of his and to be working alongside him. And uh, I'm actually going to be performing on April 8th, uh, a show that Clint Breeze puts together called Nightly Notable. So the doors open at 9 p.m. The show starts at 10. I'll be performing a 20-minute set at that show, and it's just a $5 cover at the door. Where's it at? Oh, State Street Pub. <laughs> you can you can find out more about SheHive. Uh, the next Women 317 will be in June and uh, will likely be at General Public Collective. Um, but keep an eye out on our uh, social media pages. Uh, we are on Twitter and Facebook, SheHive, all one word, and we also have a website, SheHive.org. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. I'm Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. We just wrapped up our monthly Local Motion segment with Matt Davis. And Matt, I want to give everyone a reminder that Local Motion happens every second Saturday. This Saturday, it's happening March 12th, and that's at Fletcher Place Arts and Books, located at 642 Virginia Avenue near Fountain Square. 
And Matt, is there anything else coming up that you want to let folks know about? Any other projects you're involved with? Gotcha. I just want to uh, highlight that this uh, this Saturday at Locomotion we will be featuring Nobi, who is a powerhouse vocalist, and we are really excited to have her. As I mentioned last time, uh, in the past few months, I've been mentioning this show that we just started called The Dojo, which is a hip-hop showcase trying to bring back and preserve the tradition of emceeing and dedicated to really strengthening local hip-hop culture beyond just rapping and the kind of commodity of music. People have never really been exposed to hip-hop culture, so we opened up that creative space for that. And then also, this past Sunday, we started another creative space downtown called The Renaissance, which is a spoken word and uh, soul music venue and creative space for different people who do spoken word, poetry. That's hosted by January York, who is arguably one of the best writers in town when it comes to poetry. I've had the pleasure of interviewing her on this segment. So we were really excited about last Sunday. That happens every first and third Sunday at Georgia Reese downtown. And so we really hope that you all come out to support that as well. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Elf. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's all the time we have for tonight. And as we end tonight's show, I want to introduce a new segment to Cultural Manifesto. There's been a sharp increase in the hateful rhetoric around anti-Muslim bigotry. Hate crimes against Muslims have been making headlines both nationally and locally. In response to this troubling trend, I'm going to end each episode of Cultural Manifesto for the remainder of 2016 with songs of peace, love, and joy from the Islamic world. For the first edition of this segment, I want to play a song from Ismael Lowe. Ismael is a singer-songwriter from the West African nation of Senegal. I remember when Ismael's music was first being marketed in the U.S. He was often labeled the Bob Dylan of Senegal because of his use of acoustic guitar, harmonica, and his thoughtful lyrics. You'll hear all those elements in the song we're going to listen to tonight. It's titled Tayebon. Tayebon refers to a traditional Islamic Senegalese celebration that occurs after the observance of Ramadan. I'm Kyle Long. You've been listening to Cultural Manifesto, supported in part by the Indianapolis Foundation, celebrating 100 years of service. Mon 
Mila, Degam Julingam, Momu, Munila, Degam Wolgam. Juliinga, Munila, Degam Wonga. 